Hi, this is Kalia. And this is Chris. And this is It's, it's a, a Queer, queer thing. thing. On this show, we focus on politics, civil rights, news, and entertainment. And on this show, we have special guests and interviews focusing on issues relevant to the LGBTQ plus community. So let's get to it. It's a queer thing. We're so happy to have you here today with us. We have so many interesting things to talk about. We're going to talk about abortion. We're going to talk about children's books. We're going to talk about sports. I mean, this little show today has a little bit of everything for everybody. So let's go ahead and jump right in with, we have with us today in the studio, Katrina and Emily, who wrote this amazing book that is sitting right here next to me, and it is called My Cat Fred Wears a Skirt. This book got a lot of attention in the last couple weeks. You might have seen the TV spot on ABC News about it, but let me turn it on over here to Katrina and to Emily, you guys. So what is this book? What's it about? And why'd you write it? This book is simply a book about acceptance, um, about embracing who you are and embracing who others are. Um, it's very, very simple. Um, and I, the, the idea actually started off with Emily. Uh, Emily is a huge Harry Styles fan and um, I didn't know much about him and I just I I made a comment about the clothes he was wearing and I said oh he you know he's just doing it for show and then she started to educate me she educated me on who he is and what his message is and then shortly after I started to fall in love with the guy and um, and then we were just I think we were both just a little bit more conscientious about our environment and um, one day we were at River Park and we saw two little boys um, wearing dresses having a great time with their family um, but we noticed people who were walking by the looks that they were given uh, and I, I just know that I was in fear <laughs> that right. someone was going to approach him yeah. and say something inappropriate. Mm -hmm. um, and what was I going to do <laughs> if that right. happened? Right. Thankfully, that never happened, oh. um, at least while we were there. Uh, but Emily and I definitely, you know, went home that day. We had been talking about doing something like this. Um, the fact that we're both in education. We, we, we just didn't know... How to approach a subject without we 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 figured that writing a book was probably the best place to start for us mm -hmm. to support this community um, and to help open minds. Right. So uh, there were a lot of discussions, and um, but watching that 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 one family, um, that's where we sat down and we're like, that's it. We're doing it. What I love about this book is that it's not overtly political. This is not a book that's like trans people are people or LGBTQ rights are valid and let's talk about politics. You know, run for your lives, GOP people. No, this book is about being who you are and loving who you are and, and, and being okay with dressing and acting and what makes you happy. And that is such a non-political statement that can get very political. So talk to me a little bit about the response of people who maybe didn't quite get that nuance. Um, well, some people obviously had some 
bad things to say about it. And that's what Katrina tended to focus on at the first day. But I was telling her, I'm like, look at all the good stuff on Facebook, particularly. We looked on Facebook and I was like, look at all of the love from it. If you look at the love and the like or whatever and you add that up together, that's more than double of what the negative comments have. And this was in the post relating to the book debut at Book yes. Barn, right? Yeah. yeah. I saw those comments yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just like, you know, just don't focus too much. I was just trying to focus on the good stuff. I was like, you know what? This is why we did it. We wrote it to help other people. And it seems like people are accepting it. The, I wouldn't say majority, but a lot of them are. So that's what I chose to focus on. I, I, I think, though, I was really, I mean, I knew that there would be a little pushback. I was surprised by how large the pushback was by people who had never even opened the book. Mm-hmm. Right, that's the key. They don't even look at the book. I mean, they're judging it not by even the the, um, the cover, which is adorable. Everybody, go to our Facebook, go to our Instagram, go to their Instagram and look at this beautiful picture. But the picture's adorable. But I think it's the title. They say, oh, Fred and skirt. The word Fred and the word skirt. And then instantly people got mad. Yeah. yeah. I saw some comments in the, you know, the media post that you're talking about, and, and somebody uh, went back against them and said, people, this is a cat. Yeah. <laughs> now, yes, it's a cat, but it's supposed to represent trans people. And what, the thing I love um, a lot about the book is, so the story is uh, this boy has a cat, and the cat, uh, he puts a skirt on the cat, and the cat's all happy, and then somebody comes along and says... No, you shouldn't do that. So the boy takes the skirt off the cat. And then the cat feels depressed and sad until that skirt goes back on. And I have to say, you know, we're going to talk to the illustrator on another episode. But the picture of the little cat walking away with this little, with this little rain cloud over its little yeah, head yeah. is just so moving. So tell, what's next? Are you guys going to write another book? Um, <laughs> That's everyone's question. Yeah, we're definitely <laughs> motivated. Mm-hmm. Definitely motivated. Um, we really, we have found an audience in the trans community. We want to support them as best we can. If this is something that will help bridge some misunderstandings, then absolutely, then we're we're going to keep going down this road. Have you had reaction from the trans community? It's been yeah. so fantastic. Oh, good, good. Um, uh, at the book signing, I probably gave out more hugs than signed books. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just hearing the stories of what families are going through, um, it really put things in perspective yeah. for all of us. I mean, at one point, at the three of us at the book signing, we sat there and we're like, okay, we just need to take a moment. We need to take a moment. We need to think about uh, this is larger than what we thought. Right. And, um, and you know, there's been some questions. Oh, you know, I bet the, the group who's doing this, meaning Emmy, myself, and Paige, um, that, you know, we're trying to make money off politics. We're not going to make money off of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, but we are so always far away from that. Yeah, yeah. They always say things like that, though, because they, they, they. I saw some people comment that are you guys opportunists, just trying to because it's such a trendy topic right, right now, the trans community. I don't know how this works, how a book gets involved in school anymore, but. Do you have any hope that this book might be used in schools? Well, I, I have. I, I'm. I'm not going to say what district I'm in, just because of pushback. But um, in my district, they have uh, already offered to. So my district is actually creating a, a library of books based on diversity, and they're sending it to every single school site within our district. They would like to include this book. But then you have to, there, there's politics around me not being a vendor. Right? Oh, yeah, <laughs> so yeah, that's yeah. a whole other issue. I mean, 
<laughs> Not outside of the school, I don't know if you're aware of this, but I have been talking to some of the librarians here in the Fresno County Libraries system. I can tell by your face you're getting excited. I am. Um, they are very interested in having this book in their catalog, and we've been. And I was waiting for the official, which I didn't get today, but I'm supposed to get by Monday. Um, but they're they're open to having it. They're just talking about if they're going to purchase it or if they want donations or what have you. So okay. we reached out to them to find out how to get these books Thank into you. into the public libraries, even if they can't be at every school site. That's fantastic. And I, actually, I haven't told you this either. So this is going to be another little surprise. <laughs> um, I talked to our publisher uh, yesterday, and we are actually moving forward on ebook. Oh, so wonderful. Oh, nice. It will be available. So you guys are probably aware of the book bannings that have been happening across the country. What do you yes. think about all that? It annoys me to the nth degree. Yeah. <laughs> Tell it's, them where you're from. Well, okay. <laughs> uh, I'm from Sweden. And, oh, okay. Um, really? Yes. <laughs> um, How long have you been here? Uh, well, I was born here. But okay. my parents got divorced, so I moved back and forth between. Okay. okay. Um, but I moved back here in 2020, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, what um, a year to move. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my senior yes. year of high school, too. Oh, wow. wow. <laughs> yeah, that's right a good in the year. Of the pandemic, <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, it's just the, I mean, the pol politics systems, their government, whatever, they're very different from here than they are in U.S. and versus Sweden. So since Sweden. we don't know but, uh, necessarily about Sweden, what is, it's very open there and everybody's accepting and I'd, or is it conflicting over there I between mean, parties as well? I'd, well, there's 13 parties, I believe. Uh -huh. Wow. Um, and um, I mean, there's still obviously some conservatives, but I'd right. say the majority of the country is definitely more accepting yeah. um, than they are here with what with texas and florida and all mm, those yeah. terrible states more subjects there yeah, <laughs> yeah. we have the south here uh -huh. <laughs> yes the south <laughs> and you know i i mean i i i definitely want to say i mean i i know fantastic people in both of those states i but you know the word and the messaging that's coming from those states is just scary right it's um i i don't understand I honestly do not understand uh, this, uh, other than the fact that lack of information. It, it has to yeah, be lack of... Yeah. Do you guys have I, trans people in your families or friends? Um, I, I know of people, but not, not a close directly. relative. No. But no. you have LGBT people in your families and friends area Got right some, i mean yeah we have yeah. some friends yeah, yeah friends yeah. I, so. and, and so and and i and that actually i'm glad that you say that because there doesn't have to be a direct link no, to have a there heart. doesn't to have empathy yeah, right exactly. right but for a lot of people there does that's why i brought it up because a yeah. lot of conservatives once they meet one of us or discover one of us in their family they tend to change their opinions about us so that's why you know, being out and being open to people is really important for our community because they get to know us and they realize we're not the demons they think we are, you know? Yeah. Right. Like as Harvey Milk said, you know, once they know us, they can't hate us in the same way. So I love that. Yeah. <laughs> that is fantastic. It's yes. a big push for people to come out in the 80s. Yeah. yeah. We have started kicking around this idea. My cat Fred meets grandma um, because we're really seeing oh, the pushback good. from older uh-huh. Citizens. Oh, generations. So, yeah. You can say boomer. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm one of them. You can say it. 
<laughs> I was really hoping when we went to the book signing, and Kalia knows this, because I had other stuff to do that night, and she was going to go. And uh, we were talking back and forth about it. And then I saw the, social, the Facebook post with all the comments, and I texted her. I said, there might be people there protesting. I'm in. Because <laughs> I really like to confront protesters. And then I was kind of disappointed there were none there. I was relieved that it was know, a place of love. I know. She's always relieved, and I'm always, damn, there's nobody yeah. here. You, you, know, you and fight. my husband would get along so perfectly. Yeah. There you yes. go. He's ready. Yeah, yeah. So, so tell us how people can get in touch with you. What's your social media footprint now? We've got an Instagram just called My Cat Fred Where's a skirt. Um, Facebook, I believe, same title. Um, very straightforward. Okay. Just Google it in. And, and um, Amazon, Ingram, Barnes and Noble, you can find it all on those online outlets. And, and I will say it's getting out there. And if you look at the Amazon posts, it's, it's getting out there to teachers. Oh, that's which important. Which I'm really excited yeah. A- yeah. across the nation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're all coming back going, it started the best conversation. Exactly. Like, it just was a great conversation. The kids loved the story. Yeah. So that... That's exactly what And it's we written wanted. very much like any other ch- children's book story, and it draws you in. I think kids are really going to uh, love this thing. It's not too complicated. Right. Like, word. No, exactly. because you know what? Kindness isn't complicated. Yeah. Love isn't complex. And tolerance and acceptance. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Big words for simple concepts. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. Thank you guys so much. It was so great to have you with us today. And again, you guys, you can all find their information at My Cat Fred Wears a Skirt on Instagram and on Facebook. And we will, of course, link to that in the show notes and everywhere else. So thank you so much. Thank, thank you. you. All right. So we're, our next segment is going to be with Bill uh, Knezovic, uh, who is pastor of Our Savior's Lutheran Church which I'm sure most of you have heard was vandalized recently to the tune of about $20,000, broken windows, etc., and uh, indications that it might be uh, Proud Boys. Uh, but we're going to talk to Bill about that. Bill, you there? Yes. All right. Thank you for joining us. So I just well, went over you. a little bit of detail of what I know of the vandalism. Was that kind of accurate? Uh, yeah, it was pretty accurate. Um uh, it might be a larger dollar amount. But oh, well, it sure. always goes up, huh? Yeah. For sure. So what, what happened? Did somebody just come in one morning and find all the damage? Had there been any warning or any specific event that was maybe tied to this? Well, back in December 10th, um, we had a uh, family-friendly drag show. And I'm not. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that. I was there. I remember it well. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> so you know, all the proud boys showing up with their "Don't Tread on Me" flags and all that. Right. Although I find it interesting, "Don't Tread on Me," but we can tread on you all we like. So. Yeah, I got there and I had like you know I I, I was going there because um, I wanted I, I you know stupidly I think to have a um, actual conversation with one of them and get to why they're so upset. But of course, as soon as I got there, it was yelling and screaming, and I joined in the yelling and screaming, and I was there for a couple of hours. It, yeah, well, that's that's kind of how it goes. They don't want to hear from you; they just want you to know what they have to say. Right. That's- so I, I understand there was a sticker post uh, stuck somewhere that is something indicative of the Proud Boys? Uh, yeah, it, it says on it, Central California Proud Boys. It does, and it wasn't there before the incident. Well. No. <laughs> no, I mean, it, if it was stuck there a couple of days earlier. No, oh, right, right, right. right. No, but. I know it wasn't because I was, you know, I, I was trimming the north side just 
like a week ago or two weeks ago, and there were there wasn't any sticker there. I, I, I took it as a calling card. Right. You know, and, and, and quite frankly, they had said back in December 10th, we're not finished with you, um, not exact quote, but uh, you better watch your backs. And, uh, you know, I've turned all over all the, and these were on uh, voice messages, and I, I've turned them all over to the police and the FBI, Thank so God. they have all that information. Do you know if they're investigating this as a hate crime or just as a, as a regular act of vandalism? I think initially, when we got there, it was being treated as just an act of vandalism, but then when I kind of filled the officers in, and then um, the um, upper people in the um, um, department um, said, you know, they were thinking that, you know, I can't speak for them, but, you know, uh, they they are looking at it as maybe tied to the... um, December 10th event, but, you know, who knows? Right, and that was four months ago, so you'd think if they were going to, but, yeah. Have you seen any of the Proud Boys around since that event? I haven't personally. I I know a lot of people have been kind of on edge, and we now have a a rule in our congregation that no one's there alone. Oh, that's good. Um, So I will say, if anyone is interested in what kind of the overview of what happened at that event it's on our podcast from our december podcast you can listen to it Um, yeah right i I did okay (laughs) (laughs) well thanks yeah and there's a gofundme that's um that was set up to help raise money for the repairs can you tell us a little bit about the gofundme and how that's going and what the response has been from the community uh yeah you know uh the church council set it up and it's been just I'm kind of flabbergasted, you know, support throughout the nation, you know, for that. And I'm not sure exactly what the dollar amount was. The last time I was told was close to 10000 Yeah, I looked today I and it was, that, a, it was just over eleven. Okay. Uh, but I do know that our insurance company told us, you know, that with such damage, you know, if it had been done by hail or wind or some natural thing it'd be completely covered but something like this it's not going to be completely covered it's not going to be covered an act of vandalism yeah yeah but then i reminded them that about four years ago because we had been involved in uh, black lives matter and you know we'd gotten some threats back then uh we decided to take a uh a terrorist acts uh, rider i think is what it's called right mm. so now they're looking into that one to see if any of that might and I haven't heard back from them, but you know how that goes with insurance companies. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's sad when you think about a church needing insurance against vandalism. <laughs> like, yeah, I know. Wow. I know. And, you know, we've been through lots of things that are saviors. You know, when they had gang issues in the community, we've never had this kind of violence happen to the church. Um, it's been traumatic, uh, angering. You know, all the emotions, because, you know, not only the members of the church, but, you know, our church is used by the LGBTQ community for many things. Uh, not this year, but last year we uh, hosted the Transgender Day of Visibility. Right. And, you know, we house uh, Transmotion and also uh, the Spectrum Center. Right. And it's seen by everybody as a safe, safe space to be who you are. 
And, well, you know, it doesn't seem so safe right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and I understand that. And we, when uh, things have happened in other venues, we, you know, we worry about that and feel, you know, they're not going to feel safe here, you know. But you guys are doing the right thing by standing your ground. That's important for all of us to stand our ground against this kind of right. stuff. Tell us just briefly, um, Bill, why your church is so welcoming. You know, we kind of follow the red letters in the Bible. Yeah, which a lot of people don't. And for those who don't know what red letters are in certain translations, those are the in the Gospels, all the words of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And, you know, quite frankly, if you boil it all down, Jesus used all the people who thought they were close to God and, and knew what God wanted as examples of everything that God wasn't. And uh, he always used the outcast as mm-hmm. examples of how to be and who God is, you know, and I mean truly outcast in his day. Right. You know, I mean, it's quite stunning. So we're just following that same message, and most of my folks at Our Saviors, the members and friends of Our Saviors, and, you know, we're kind of all in the same boat. We know what that feels like to be outcast, ostracized, chastised for who we are. Because, yeah. you know, I don't know if you know, but I'm gay too. So, yeah. you know, I know that one. So, yeah, and um, when you live with it, you know. And um, yeah, so we I, we just want to say we truly appreciate what you guys do over there, and that's why we're supportive. And we wanted to get you on the air today to talk to people and just mention your GoFundMe page so people can reach out and yeah. donate to this cause. When we will post that on our uh, when we post the episode, and yeah, it's already our- on our Facebook, right. and um, and there are links on our web on the website as well. But there will definitely be show notes and links directly so that people can to- continue to support you. Yeah, we may reach out, you know, in the future, Bill, and see how things are going and see if there's a follow-up on the police investigation and all of that. Well, I can tell you, you know, I found out recently that one of the follow-ups is, is that the DA is going to be prosecuting one of the people who made the threats oh. against us on our... Oh, that's uh, great news. On our, yeah, and, but, you know, the last thing I want to say is I want to thank the community. I want to thank everybody who has... Um, just shown overwhelming support for our saviors. Uh, it means a lot to us because, you know, these folks, their aim is to alienate, isolate, and intimidate and demoralize. And I just want to say that everybody who has sent not only money, but their thoughts and prayers and and whatever they can do to help, you know, it's really uh, emboldened us to continue to be who we are in our community to be a place that's a safe place for everybody. That's great. All right, Bill. Wonderful. We thank, thank you so, you so much, much for being on the show. Okay. Well, thank you for having me. I very much appreciate it. All right. Good luck. Take care. You too. Okay. Wow. So, and this is happening all over the country, and it's, of course, certainly not just in Fresno, but now I think uh, we've talked about this with other issues recently. We are always kind of feeling we're insulated in California mm-hmm. and that we're not going to see these things, but here they are right in our hometown. Exactly. And I think the important takeaway here is that there is a community here. There's a community of people who've responded to the need for funds, and there's a community that's going to only get stronger because of this adversity. And what a great segue from community at the church to a community out on the field. (laughs) That's right. It's time to talk sports. Yes, Kaylee is touting her segues again, people. Here we go. We need a segue button. We don't have a... We, there we go. Have, there we go. That's a good segue. <laughs> but um, I was lucky enough to talk to Lara from Out Loud Sports, and here is that interview.
Well, hi, I'm Laura Massa, and I do a few things, but what you might know me as the Outloud Sports City Manager. So I basically run a kickball league. We're starting to come up with a bowling league and hopefully a pickleball league soon, too. Tell us about Outloud Sports and what made you decide to do something with them here in Fresno. Originally, I'm from Los Angeles, and we have a huge, huge outlawed sport. I started over there with the women's league. It was a she-they league, and we had so much fun building the community over there, and I felt so much support. And then when I went to Fresno, I noticed, like, we don't have any kind of queer league. There's no sports in general or any really activity other than the bars of where a group of queers can meet and get together. So I was like, oh, no, I want to... I want to have that same kind of community that I had in Los Angeles. So when I came to Fresno, I thought, oh, let me bring the league that I love so much in L.A. and bring it over here. What has the response been from the community here in Fresno to the whole concept of sports? You know, I I hear a lot of people actually love the concept of sports. They're like, I love that we have a way that's not involving alcohol where we can get together and just have fun. It's not like it's, it can be competitive for sure, but a lot of the time we're actually just playing socially and having fun. And the whole point of it is to bring community. And even people who don't really even play sports, they're just happy to be around people that have positive energy. And what I hear from everyone is like, I'm so happy you brought this with us. You know, this is a place where I feel safe. This is a place where I'm having fun. And this is a place where I feel like I can be myself. And that's all you can ask for in a group of people. So there have been two seasons of kickball and a third one is going to be starting up next month and you mentioned something about bowling and something about pickleball can you tell us about the the grand plan of out loud sports here is here in fresno oh i mean the grand plan could go so so far years from now depending on how much interest there is but basically we would like to eventually get to a place where we have dodgeball kickball softball bowling all the sports like karaoke even and if people do want to drink we could have like beer olympics like have all the different kinds of sports maybe even video games too involved and just getting in a bunch of niches where people feel like that is my my home that's my place where I like to be basically like my favorite sport or my favorite activity and I can do it with my my queers around me and feeling you know comfortable in in those settings so basically the grand plan is all the sports for all the people at any capacity in which the interest shows it is a queer sports league. How is the gatekeeping process? Do you, I mean, do you ask people just to identify? Is, is this like a hard and fast rule or is it a little bit more nebulous? Like, how does that even work? Yeah, so it's not like a hard and fast rule. We actually love allies and actually one of our league managers for pickleball identifies as a heterosexual male. And I love that. I love that we can have allies. I love that they, there's a safe place with our allies. And I love that we can be queer. We could be, we can identify as lesbian, bisexual, maybe questioning. It's just a place where we know that LGBTQ is a safe place and that all we have our allies and anyone who identifies as trans or anything alike, everyone's welcome it's a, it's a community that means like all acceptance everyone is welcome and the only hard stead fast rule that we have is like just don't just don't be a just everyone be kind kickball was the first sport why did you pick kickball to be the very first sport was it because you're a kickball player or i actually really was involved with kickball and in general people can pick up kickball pretty quickly and also kickball is one of those sports where it's like 
traditionally not competitive. It is traditionally more just like a social fun sport. And so if you're going to start a social league where you're having, you know, a queer community, it's best to choose something where everyone could pretty much pick it up at some, in some kind of capacity. And kickball is that sport. Pickleball is actually pretty also one of those sports that's social friendly. Is Out Loud Sports going to have a contingent in Pride? Are you going to be a part of the parade or at the festival? All that sports isn't going to be specific to the parade, like walking in the parade. We are definitely going to have a booth and we are going to welcome anyone who wants to come to the booth, get more information. If you want to come over to us at the booth, that would be amazing. And I'd love to see all the new faces and all the familiar faces so that we can uh, get the Out Loud Sports out to everyone. What has been the best part of doing Out Loud Sports here in Fresno? I mean, the best part of doing Out Loud Sports is just meeting everyone, having growing the community seeing how much of an impact it's made on everyone. I don't know how many people have come up to me like really with so much gratitude being like, oh, thank you so much for creating a safe place where we can all get together, where I, I don't feel ashamed. There's so, still so many people who, you know, they're, when you're part of the LGBT community and maybe a more rural, maybe an area that doesn't accept you as much, it can be hard to find the people who are welcoming and they finally it's so nice to see that people are finally finding a place where they know they're welcomed in all colors and all orientations and all genders we're welcoming of everyone and everyone's accepted and we're all part of a community where we really are just loving on each other and we're being social and we're having fun and we're getting kind of healthy because we're you know doing a sport and getting active <laughs> exactly You've mentioned a couple times about the goal, or at least a tangential goal, being a, to give people something besides just the bars as a place to meet and, and create community. But I know that the main sponsor last season was Vibes, which is a bar in the tower. So do you have other sponsors or other sponsor ideas lined up? Is Vibes going to continue to be a sponsor for the league? For are, Is the Vibes a sponsor for multiple leagues or just for kickball? Vibes is a sponsor for Outloud Sports Fresno in particular and I love vibes I love the owner uh, Gabby it seems like she is really dedicated to out loud sports as well and I think even though she is a bar in the Tower District, it's not like we're going there to just drink. It's kind of like an area where it also it has food. And people, you know, you go to this this Vibes bar and you think like, oh, we should, you know, it's a bar so we're going to drink. But actually, it's literally for the vibes. Like, it's beautiful out there with a nice light setting. And we do have, you know, different drinks that we can select from. But also, they have amazing food. They have a chef there. And so we're able to really have all of our needs met. Gabby's really welcoming to having other items there. So like a lot of the time we'll bring board games. So it's still not about drinking. So it's nice. You have everything you need at Vibes. And I, I will say that their mini chimneys are the absolute best thing Ever. I, I'm going through withdrawals because we're not hanging out there every weekend after kickball now. And I've, I've been really missing my mini chimmies for sure. But what about other sponsors? Have you been approached? Are you looking for other sponsors, other organizations or companies here in Fresno? And what does it mean to be a sponsor? I haven't really been looking out for more sponsors because I we have enough with Gabby. Although Splash has approached me and, and we, we have I've been talking to some of the Splash managers as well. For right 
right now we have Vibes as our main sponsor, and for right now that's that's what we need. If we if we notice that we we, we want more sponsorship, that that would be okay too uh, with with other with other bars. But I think what's really good to say is too is that I really appreciate loyalty in general, and I and I feel like it was really nice of Gabby and Vibes to be willing to be a sponsor in the first place without knowing who we were, and she took that plunge and getting her you know getting some mutual success by you know bringing the players there creating a comfortable environment and really making sure that our needs are met when we're there so i i don't want to go to another sponsor i think that vibes is is doing a great job so tell me about the the new kickball season that's starting up what are the dates where is it happening what's going on with kickball oh yeah so we're having on may 13th we're doing a kickball all gendered sports um, in Orchid Park and basically we are switching over from where we used to be in Stallion and moving over to Orchid and it'll be nice if we can have about eight teams because we could there could be two teams that could play one on the diamond and one on the grass so um, it'll be nice to have that everyone in one area two games playing at one time one in the grass and one in the dirt how many teams do you have signed up for kickball starting on May 13th as of now we have five teams and I suspect one more team is going to be added so we might have six teams they're already pretty full I, I see us growing I don't know if we'll get quite to eight but I do anticipate around six and you said it starts the season starts on the 13th and it's it's an eight or nine week season oh that's right yeah it's an eight week season but will you be playing on the weekend of pride no that's the well so i guess technically it's nine weeks but we're not playing on the weekend of pride so it's eight weeks of play but it's a it's not you'll go th- yeah. you'll go through the second weekend of july yeah great 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 and what time what time at the park are those games it's from 10 a.m to 1 p.m wonderful oh and you said pickleball too what's going on with pickleball Pickleball is going to be in mid-July, and so far we see 10 people of interest. And what we've noticed is that pickleball actually grows super quickly, and everyone, for some reason, just, like, loves pickleball. It's, like, I don't know if people know pickleball, but basically it's a condensed version of, like, tennis. It's, like, in between tennis and ping pong. For some reason, it gets huge every every city. It's going to start again in mid-July. So if somebody's interested in signing up for kickball or bowling or pickleball or saying, oh, what about golf or, you know, whatever else, how do they get in touch with you, Lara? Oh, so there's uh, there's two things that they can do. They can do. So basically, the first way they could go to outloudsports.com slash Fresno, and then all the sports that they want to sign up for or interested in, they can register to each one. The ones that are interest list, those are going to be ones without any payment. But the ones that you actually register for, you will have to make payment to actually register for those seasons. And if you want to get in touch with me, my email is Lara L A R A at outloudsports.com. Wonderful. Okay. So is there anything I didn't ask, anything you want to say before we sign off? I I do want to mention that a lot of people think that Outloud Sports being sports, you have to be good at the sports, but it's not only about playing a game. What it's really about is the social aspect and it's the community. So even if you're not very good at sports, I say just take a chance and try one of those sports out. It's not super competitive. There is a competitive aspect for some people, but mostly it's about social sports. It's about meeting other queers, being in a safe area, being in a place that welcomes you and having a lot of positive energy around you. So if you're thinking that you want to be a part of a community that loves you, and that you want to share your own love back, this is the place for you. You're accepted here, and I welcome all of you. 
and I just want to springboard and say, when she says you do not have to be good at the sport to play the sport, she is not lying. I have only one working eye. My kickball team, let me play. I have a position. I'm a vital part, and we have the best time. So Yeah, I watched there. a game recently. It was a good time. Yeah. It's fun even to watch. Like, you don't even yeah, yeah. have to play to have a good time. And um, a little bird told me that there might be two people doing color commentary hmm, in the summer. There might be. Hmm, that would be pretty we'll, awesome. We'll find out if that happens. <laughs> okay, so that was a great segment, and now we're going to talk about something a, a little more serious. We're uh, all highs and lows today. Yeah, we are. Up and down, up and down. <laughs> so uh, Planned Parenthood, Parenthood held an abortion rally in downtown Fresno uh, last Saturday on the 15th, um, and I was able to go and talk to some people. Uh, about 50 people showed up, so we have some interviews and some audio from that. Here we go. So tell me your name and why you're here today. Well, my name's Catherine Shurik. I'm a founder and uh, president of Starting Off Now chapter, which is National Organization for Women. Basically focuses on a number of issues that includes, of course, uh, keeping abortion legal, uh, LGBTQ equality and rights, right. getting women uh, more, better representation in office, equal pay. How do you think we fight? Because this is probably just the beginning of what that's going to happen across country. How do you think we fight this? Based on what's going to happen, you know, with a pill, you know, it may impact right here in California, exactly. even though we put it into the constitu constitutionalized it. Right. That's what people need to know. They need to know that absolutely. even though you feel safe in California, this is now something that could affect us directly. Yeah, absolutely. What in, do you in, think? In, I mean, if this is going to the Supreme Court. What do you think? I mean, given that they overturned Roe v. Wade, what do you, how do you think that's going to go? Well, on one hand, they overturned Roe v. Wade, but on the other hand, their thing about it was... Is the idea of let the states decide. They weren't trying to right. make it illegal nationwide. They were just saying, let the states decide. And if they're going to let the states decide, then they will have to overturn this because in this case, you have one specific court basically passing a judgment across the whole country. In or a medication that's been legal for 20 years. Yeah, yeah over 20 years. Exactly. And, and, and from somebody who has absolutely no medical background, no exactly. medical foundation to have any say in anything like exactly. this. And right now, with what's going on um, with Justice Thomas, the potential of uh, even uh, with other issues. But I, even with what happened with Kansas after the election and, you know, Kansas stood up for abortion rights. Kansas, I, don't, I don't think I they mean, understand, you know, what this was going to do. I, I think they thought the door would just slam shut on abortion. Oh, yeah. And that would be it, yeah. And obviously that's not the case. Right. And the thing is, what they don't also realize is it's much more than just, you know, they claim, oh, abortion is birth control. No. Uh, a lot of women who have health issues. Exactly. There was a case just this uh, a couple of days ago, I saw on the headlines in Florida, and Florida just passed a six-week uh, six ban. Yeah. A ban. Yeah. So if, if uh, you've got uh, uh, raped or incest. Or, or, or incest, yeah, basically you have to have a police report to be able to do anything. Right. So one of the issues is that now, you know, I think that this is going to backfire. Yeah. Uh, especially that the that, uh, DeSantis, at least it's been discussed about potential running for president. Right. I mean, you see how it's backfired on all the states. You know, Florida is was purple. I, I came here from Florida. I grew up in Miami. Okay. It was never this extreme. Yeah. It's it's a gerrymandering that's making it because exactly. if you look at the population, population's almost fifty fifty. Yeah. Well, I just want to say thank you for being here today. No, absolutely. Keep fighting. Yeah, and like we I said, uh, and I'm with the Now chapter, so if you want to mention the idea of people getting people involved with Now, absolutely. Uh, the National Organization for, for Women. women. Yeah, yeah, and, and uh, Central Valley Now is is, is our Central association. Valley. Okay, great. Thank you so much. Sure. 
Okay, so let's talk about who you are and why you're here today. Okay, my name is Hannah Krebs, longtime volunteer for Planned Parenthood because it's so important to keep choice there for everyone. Thank you. My name is Rabbi Laura Novak Weiner, and I am here because the current moves to make various forms of reproductive health care illegal go against my religious practice. And I have every right to practice my religion and make choices about my body Which based on my Which people are going to find unusual because they're going to assume that everybody who's religious is going yeah, to be for all of this. In, and that's in not the, true. And that's not true. In the, in the Jewish faith, the health of the mother always comes first. Right. And that is not only about her physical health, but also about her emotional, spiritual, and mental health. And in the Jewish faith, a fetus is not considered a living being until it takes its first breath. I'm so glad you said that because when Roe v. Wade was overturned, I had no idea this was the philosophy of the Jewish community. Yeah. And I read about that, and I thought I think that's so important for people to know. Yeah, and that's been that has been our practice and our belief since ancient days. Right. And we have texts going back two thousand years that talk about that, and that the mother's life always comes first. Great. Hi, I'm Joanne Bazarian, and I'm a I'm a proud supporter of Planned Parenthood, and I believe choice is important, and I don't think anybody should control a woman's body, but that woman. Did you guys think when Roe v. Wade was overturned that that was, you know, where it was going to sit? Absolutely. Or? Yeah. yeah, we yeah. thought it would. Yeah, and now it's not, it's even affecting Californians who always think they're safe from everything. Right. Because this law will affect everybody, right? It's affect. I would say it's also, it's not just affecting women who are making whatever choice they need. It's also affecting women for whom it's medically required exactly. that they not carry, or I shouldn't just say women, I'm sorry, people who can, people, people right. who can get pregnant. Yeah. And, you know, we always we're obviously an LGBTQ uh, podcast, but we always want to cross over. And people sometimes say, what do you guys have to do with this? And I'm like, LGBTQ people are affected by these laws. Absolutely. Women's health care is so important and it affects everyone. Yeah. Because who knows what part of women's health care they're going to go after after this. That's That's great. Thank you guys so much. All right, so I'm here with Socorro Santillian, the Director of Public Relations for Planned Parenthood Marmonte. You want to tell us what we're doing out here today? So we're out here uh, providing a safe place for folks to be able to come and voice their opinions about the Texas decision to uh, ban the abortion medication of MIFI. We want folks to uh, understand that this is serious. You know, we believe that because we're in the state of California that we are safe when it comes to uh, abortion access. The decision in Texas will affect the entire nation, not just Texas, right. not just banned, uh, you know, the MIFI for, for the people living there, but for everybody who lives in the United States. And, you know, yes, there is another medication that can be used for abortion, but the thing is that MIFI is specifically, number one, it's a slap to the face of, of healthcare providers and, uh, you know, to scientists that a judge is deciding that this is now needed to be banned when it's been in existence in our communities providing safe legal abortions for over 20, 20 years, years yeah. you know, we know that there's an agenda, you know, and this agenda includes, you know, a legislation that has been happening in banning our transgender, that has been hurting our LGBTQ communities, folks of color. So what we want people to know, this is not the end. This is the beginning of what's to come. And we as folks need to get together and really analyze the situation and figure how we work together to 
keep this from spreading, at least in our state of California. Yeah, and you know, we all talked about this when they overturned Roe v. Wade, and we said this is just the beginning, and a lot of people were like, no, it's going to be fine. The states will decide what they want to do. And now we have a a possible federal ruling to, and I didn't know this, that 50% of abortions are performed medicinally. Exactly, yeah. And, and, you know, the the thing is that it's done early, you know. Ten weeks or earlier. Yeah, Yeah. which is weird that you have the antis who want this ban when, you know, their their original narrative was that we were doing uh, abortions until whatever time, which was never, never, yeah, true in the first place. And now, you know, you're trying to ban the medication that is able to provide not only for women who are seeking an abortion, but, you know, women who, you know, their pregnancy has to be terminated for for life-saving reasons, right? They're also affecting those individuals, not, you know, not just preventing folks from getting an abortion, but from getting safe medical care. This is going to affect uh, uh, mostly our our folks, uh, you know, who who are of color, who need abortion services. This is going to affect uh, folks who, you know, don't have access to a medical abortion. Uh, You know, it's going to impact anybody, honestly, because, you know, the decisions, like I said, that are being made are not with an end result of this is where we end, this is the last thing we do. You know, it's almost like a domino effect, right? Right, right. With the hopes that we do this, and it's going to cause this domino effect to everything that doesn't fit us. And I think we all thought in California, we say this all the time, we're safe in California. You know, we have so many liberal laws here, but this is going to affect us, too. It's definitely affecting us, and, you know, it's affecting so many states, right? That's why you have states where they are buying, you know, Miffy at hundreds of of dosages to make sure that even if the decision goes into effect, for a while, they are okay, right? Yeah, Yeah, it's just, you know, I I continue telling people it's unfortunate, you know, like I was saying to somebody today, I I love gathering uh, with like-minded folks, making new friends, connections, but, you know, at the same time, we need to work beyond today. We need beyond the rallies, because if we don't do something that is more, uh, uh, you know, action-wise, this will continue. You know, the next time, it could be LGBTQ losing their rights, right? And then what? We rally, but then what? Yeah. The rally is an after... Uh, and then, you know, let's, let's be honest, there are LGBTQ people, women, who are wanting to or wanting to need an abortion. Yes, yeah, so yeah. it's not just the straight community, it's all of us. Yeah. Tell us how people can get involved past today. So, so past today, number one, the last time that we had a rally in June, we created what's called the Central Valley Reproductive Justice Coalition. The purpose of this coalition was to bring community members, elected officials, and organizations that support this work together to be looking at long-term solutions to be educating, bring, uh, breaking the stigma of abortion and reproductive health to really uh, build a foundation in this state that is supportive right across the, the board. So we have that. We have days like at Capital Day this year. Planned Parenthood is planning its Capital Day for May 9th where we're going to be visiting our, our elected officials and letting them know that this is still something that is it's important to us and that we need them to support. And then beyond meeting with our elected officials, a huge one is, you know, we have elections in, in the Central Valley that have been decided by 20 votes. Right, right. right. So when people say, oh, well, my vote doesn't count, it doesn't right. make a it difference. Counts. I'm sorry, but that's BS. Yeah. Every single vote counts. So, so making sure people are voting, right? Yeah, and so many times in California, people go, my vote doesn't count, it's California, mm-hmm. let's not vote. Yeah. yeah, or it doesn't matter. Somebody else is going to take care of it, right? Right, right. And then, you know, when you look at being able to, to support progressive elected officials that care about what you care is so important 
because usually you'll have uh, some a candidate running someone who's conservative in the pockets of those folks, the money to support their elections, endless pockets, right? right, right Versus right. our more progressive folks. So they really need the power of people. They need people to volunteer, show up, knock on doors, make calls. If someone can't give a um, uh, dollar amount, they need to give it their time. Even if it's just a couple of hours, yeah. two hours, it makes a huge difference. It does. Okay. Thank you so much, Sakura. No problem. Thank you. So, um, you know, if you're in California, like I kind of said in the piece, you feel safe from everything that's going on in the country. Not anymore. Um, This could easily affect Californians and and block this pill from being used. But, uh, Kalia, we just had a Supreme Court ruling, right? We sure did. We heard about it actually in the car on the way over here. So this is late breaking news, everybody. But the Supreme Court has ordered that MIFI, as it is called, MIFI, Mifepristone. He practiced how to say it. I'm I just going to call it Miffy. Um, should remain broadly available as the litigation plays out in a lower court. So the case will now be heard at the U.S. Fifth Secret Court. Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals, and the appeals court has scheduled oral arguments for May 17th. So uh, look for more rallies probably on May 17th. Yeah, and it could go on for months after that. But right now it's still available, and you know, there are people stockpiling it, like Gavin Newsom is stockpiling it in California and a couple other governors across the country just in case. Um, And I don't know if I I think it's mentioned in the piece, but if you missed it, up 50% of abortions are medicinal, Um, they're not surgical. So. And and early, if you if it's done early, it's a lot less. I was going to say traumatic, and that sounds judgy, but it is more of a difficult process. A surgery is a more difficult process for the body than um, the pill. The pill, it's still. Uh, <laughs> oh my goodness, it is still a lot to go through. Oh yeah, but it is um, physically not as traumatic for your body if you can take the pill. Of course, you can only take the pill up to a certain point. And let's remember that it's not pro-life and uh, anti-life. It's pro-choice and anti-choice. So when they say they're pro-life, they're anti-choice. This has to be a right that stays with women, um, not just because you can decide to have a baby or not, but because it decides the future of women's civil rights. They can't be fully functioning people and reach their potential if they can't control their reproductive systems. So. Well, and then another aspect, just don't forget, is that, you know, as we heard in that piece in the Jewish faith, you know, to practice your Jewish religion, you should have access to an abortion. And right. there's a lot of people who are not Jewish, but also, you know, based on their own personal morality belief system, they should be able to have an abortion. And so when we start letting one religious um, ideology dictate the laws of our country and for the public good, then that's, we've just overstepped. It's right. bad. So you had a Twitter thing? I did have a Twitter thing. I don't know if you uh, knew about this, but on Twitter, they apparently they have like their terms of service agreements and all that kind of stuff. And they used to have a thing where if you dead named somebody or misgendered somebody, obviously on purpose, you could get banned from Twitter. It was like one of their things. And they very quietly removed yeah, that from I the terms of service. Yeah. So, yeah. Twitter's a mess. Twitter is a mess. And we can't all be Stephen King with our blue check marks, we y'all. Can. So, <laughs> this episode will go to our podcast tomorrow. You can check it out and we are now doing at least two podcasts a month, anywhere you find your podcast. And we're going to start doing more because we've just set up a whole bunch of interviews. Um, so you can find us on Facebook uh, and you can email us at it's a queer thang, T-H-A-N-G. Uh, it's a queer thing 
Uh, at, at gmail.com. At gmail.com. <laughs> Thank right. you. And at It's a Queer Thing is on Instagram. And um, we are part of the KMMA Media Network, so you can find us on Twitter and Instagram with that handle as well. All right, you guys. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.